0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Across the country and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award winning real estate coaches. Tim and Julie Harris.
2: And we are back. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Unfiltered, full strength, honesty about what is truly working to get you into action to make you money. And of course, you're going to listen in now, and Julie and I are going to share with you the exact tips, tricks, and secrets. To making the most of this new real estate boom. So I want to emphasize this, and I like to really drill down on this at the top of every radio show. We are at the very beginning stages of a real estate boom. It's going to feel, you know, different levels of boominess depending on your market. It's your job as a business owner, and that is what you are, to seek out the best opportunities in your marketplace. You might be selling in a real estate market that still very much feels like the real estate crash. Homes aren't selling. People are pessimistic. It just feels like every day is a slog to work to even get any motivation because you're surrounded by unmotivated brokers, unmotivated agents, unmotivated sellers. Everyone's underwater, whatever, whatever, whatever. If you're in a marketplace and you don't want to be there, move, leave, go to a different marketplace. The nearest marketplace, the better marketplace might just be across town. So there's an old saying, and you guys are all familiar with this, that when the going gets tough, the smart, right? You're about to say, get going, right? I'm going to say it again. Finish this saying in your head. When the going gets tough, how many of you said, the tough get going? All of you, probably. Thousands of you listen to this live and in replay. The old saying, the old thought, that when the going gets tough, the smart get going, you need to forget that. That's not good business type thinking. If your goal is to truly be of service to people and make money, make money for you and your family, make money for your grandchildren, make money for the future generations that you leave behind, in other words, create legacy wealth, Wealth. the new way you think of a tough market is this. When the going gets tough, the smart leave. <laughs> think about that for a second. I know you haven't heard that anyplace else before. I know that in some cases that's going to kind of rattle your cage because you think leaving is quitting. Leaving is not quitting. If your marketplace will not support your familial obligations and your goals, and it won't because it's not going to return uh and it's not going to be healthy enough for you to make the most of that make most of this real estate recovery for the next seven, you know, seven to ten years, however long the cycle lasts. If you're in one of those stagnant markets, but you know across town the market's really vibrant, or maybe in the next city over the market's really vibrant, or maybe you've always thought about moving from Ohio to California, do it. Take advantage of it because when the going gets tough to smart leave and your job as a business owner is to constantly be seeking out that opportunity. And, yes, this requires big thinking. It requires some risk. It requires some research. It requires a real focus and a nerving, absolute focus on accomplishing your goals. When you have that mindset, things become pretty clear, don't they? So keep that in mind. This is going to be the highlight of, unless you're probably in your early 20s, this is going to be the highlight of your real estate career, the next 7 to 10 years. There won't be another 7 to 10 years like the one we're walking into now. Explosive opportunities everywhere, and it's your opportunity for you to make money, help people, and really set the stage to have a really incredible life. Look at it like that. Look at it as what it truly is. Probably the last best opportunity of our real estate careers to truly get into action and be of service to others. It's, It's a different framework from the way a lot of you think. I realize that. But embrace it and make the most of it. So I've had today three or four free coaching calls. And I have to say, most of you guys really get it. Now, a lot of you have become our regular listeners. You listen to this. Most of you are listening it to it in an replay. And I really love the feedback. You guys get our message. You understand that you can't really build wealth given a lot of the existing things that are being taught to realtors. You know, it's interesting. I had this little epiphany yesterday, and I wrote this down so I wanted to share it with all of you guys. Most of the, if not all of the training and coaching that's being offered to real estate practitioners is based on the idea that you guys are going to be in and out of the industry. And I have to say, I understand why, because statistically, historically, most agents have been in and out of the industry in less than 24 months. You know, we've talked about that on this radio show before, that most agents, you know, get into real estate, they sell to their centers of influence and past clients, they pick up a handful of deals, and then they fail out of the business. Oh, sure, they go to the educational event in Las Vegas or they go to the training event and wherever else and they do all the motivational, raw, raw crap. But statistically, something like you know the turnover rate in real estate, the actual people doing transactions, it's 24 months and then you're out of the business. So what occurred to me was, and I'm sensing this in virtually all the, uh, especially the free coaching calls that Julie and I have been doing, is the nature of the people getting into the business is totally different than, say, it was five years ago. Five years ago, you had a lot of people that were, essentially just looking for the silver bullet it, maybe those people are still out there but we're not attracting them most of you listening are realizing that this is a business you have to treat it like a business this is your you know one of the questions i always like like to ask you guys is what is your product you know i mean if you owned a pie shop it'd be arguable that your your product was great pies if you owned a dry cleaner obviously a dry cleaning business then it would be you know clean clothes well as a real estate practitioner it's kind of confusing i asked the question What is your product? How do you answer that question? So, you know, think about that for a second. Some of you are going to say great service. Some of you are going to say sold home. Some of you are going to say all these types of answers, which have been taught to us to say. But the reality of it is all those things are true, but they're not truly what your product is. Your product is one thing and one thing only, and it's profit. Because if you're not producing a great profit, you're out of the business. Why is that not being taught to realtors? The reason it's not being taught to realtors is because traditionally the churn rate or the turnover rate in the industry was 24 months. So why bother teaching agents how to be business people? Why bother teaching real estate agents to do anything other than, you know, the normal things, the centers of influences, the, the cold calling, the, you know, the direct mailing, the, all those types of things. Why bother investing in agents? Um, because chances are they're not going to be in an industry for the long period of time. Okay, so that is the mindset of ninety nine percent of the training that's being offered to you guys, they have no the assumption is that you 're not going to be around in twenty four months, so why should they bother teaching you something that 's going to work for you long term it 's an interesting mindset shift for you to consider, and you know it 's kind of scary because it 's true, so our approach is the exact opposite and, and again, I see that we 're attracting a lot of people that share this the mindset and I, I love it. I love my free coaching calls because I get to talk with people that are sometimes are uh involuntarily in real estate say for example they lost their jobs in another place or they're getting into real estate because they realize what an incredible opportunity it is is to make money so they're coming at the industry from a bunch of different ways but really what matters is that they're looking for an organized business approach and they get the reason that they're in the industry is to make money i doubt if you're going to see uh the new generation of realtors really embracing the old generation's way of measuring themselves. So the old generation of realtors loved awards, loved banquets, loved prizes, loved all this outside public adulation that they got from doing their jobs. The new generation that's entering in, they see all that stuff for what it is. It's a gimmick. What they're focused on and how they value themselves is obviously the number of people they've been able to successfully serve, and most importantly, the amount of money that they've been able to save and the wealth that they're building for themselves and their families. There is a, like I said, there's a colossal change that's happening in the industry, and it's moving towards a more professional approach, which I absolutely love. It's something I've always hoped would happen for our industry, and those of you who are getting into the business, and you know, it might be those of you who are in the business, have been in the business for a while, realize that a lot of the traditional, and I'll say it for what it is, crap that's being taught to agents was basically largely a gimmick. And you guys are realizing that, well, you know, I have, you, a lot of you were involved in other coaching and training programs and you didn't have the success that was promised you. And maybe in some way you believed that the other coaching and training program didn't work for you because something was wrong with you. Well, chances are there's nothing wrong with you. There was something wrong with what you were being taught. You know, I had a free coaching call just a second ago with a really great uh, client from uh, St. George, Utah. Really, really nice guy. He's 33 years old, he's got five kids, he's the, you know, he has to earn all, the, basically he's the sole breadwinner for the family. He has got his head screwed on straight because he's got all those mouths to feed. And he con- confessed to me, when we were about halfway into the coaching call, that he's been involved in another coaching program. And this other coaching program essentially is 100% focused on cold calling, 100% focused on saying the scripts one way, not deviating it from it, 100% into making you some kind of you know, cold-calling robot. And he said he tried it. It hasn't worked for him. And he said as a result of that, he, doesn't under, he, he was beginning to question, at least the sense I got, was he was being able to question whether or not he could do it. Because he's, he was thinking to himself, well, I'm being told that this works universally, but it's not working for me. And the reality of it was there's nothing wrong with him. It was the scripts. That he was being forced to use. So that's the reason, yes, we have scripts. We offer scripts for every possible conversation you might ever have in the real estate industry, listing presentations, buyer presentations, you know, calling an unrepresented seller, which we call for sale by owners, unrepresented sellers, whatever, you know, situation you might find yourself in, we offer scripts, but we will never ask you to memorize them. What we want you to do is internalize them and personalize them. So Julie, why is that important? Well, I just hung up with someone where it
0: was a very clear illustration, and you know we were talking about the flexibility he has using our multiple scripts. We don't just have one. We were talking about past clients in his case. We don't just have one past client script. We have several that you can mix and match, choose from internalize and personalize. The important thing for him was this particular client was on the very direct side. He's probably... 80% driver, 20% expressive, so for him, if I were to call him, I can just kind of cut to the chase with him and be pretty direct and it doesn't ruffle his feathers, he actually prefers to be communicated with like that. His issue was he was using his tendency and having some weird conversations with his more amiable clients, so we talked about using the Ford script to help break the ice and build more rapport versus what he would do with some of his fellow driver past clients. So it actually gives you freedom and flexibility to do a better job for not just your past client center of influence, but really for any type of lead that you come across, whether that's a for sale by owner, an unrepresented seller, an expired, you know, if you, you know, sometimes when you talk to somebody on the phone and they're kind of low energy and they talk a little slower, well, you need to have the flexibility of multiple scripts to handle that so that you're not stuck in a box saying, well, gosh, I only have this one sentence I can use and it's either going to work or it's not.
2: Well, I mean, the whole thing. And, you know, Julie, the other thing, I, it, you know, it, we honestly have passion, obviously, for what we do, all of our coaches do. We have passion for helping you guys be successful. A lot of you are new listeners, so you don't know our bios, but we sold real estate for a long time. We sold thousands of houses, you know, sold over 100 houses our first year. Julie and I are in our mid-40s. We've been in the real estate industry for over 20 years. So we've been there, done that. And so our passion comes from having been in the exact same situation that many of you are in. We remember very clearly what it feels like to be in a great, you know, have a really great, wonderful month. I remember the first month in real estate where we earned over $100,000. That was a big flipping deal, especially at the time because we were in our late 20s. Trust me when I tell you that when you're in Columbus, Ohio, and you earn over $100,000 a month, and you're in your late 20s, we may have been 30, I don't remember, Julie, you're younger than me. Trust me when I tell you that's memorable. But I also remember plenty of months where we had three or four deals go south, where we had a seller that would get pissed off at us, where we had this happen and that happen. And there I do remember several occasions, especially when we were first getting started, where we hadn't got our system figured out, where we were having cash flow spurts opposed to cash flow. In other words, we'd have great months and crappy months. And I remember what it feels like worrying about not having enough money. I remember what it feels like not wanting to let go of the dream that you have for becoming wealthy And it seems like almost everything is trying to tell you to tuck your tail in and run the other direction. I remember that because those were the moments that, frankly, made Julie and I ten times more focused on our goals. But what motivates us now as coaches is because we can connect with those feelings, and we sense those types of feelings in all of you, especially on the free coaching calls. And it is our sincerest desire to help you, help you, help your family, and all the other people that come as a direct result of what you were able to gather from our coaching uh, our coaching products you know we're talking directly with one of our great coaches the point of it is is we are an agent-centric coaching business and we're really focused on you your primary our primary mission is you you are our product ultimately that and obviously profit just like we teach all of you to do so the topic of today's radio show and Julie and I are going to be talking about this all week is, is really you know when we're really drilling down one of the questions that we always like to ask is, well, why did you get in the real estate business? What, what is your point of being in the industry? And a lot of you will answer the question, well, I want to basically earn enough money for to you know, meet my financial obligations and have enough money left over to have some fun. And so I said, okay, well, what else? What beyond that? Why did you originally get your real estate license? And almost all of you are going to say you wanted to build some level of wealth. You maybe wanted to pay off your debt or maybe have a certain amount of money saved. And it's always, it, it's fascinating to me that maybe one out of 50 people still are actively pursuing that goal of wealth building. And something happens along the way when you get your real estate license, when you join a traditional brokerage. And I know it's because you guys start getting exposed to all this Mickey Mouse education that's out there. You start replacing other things, other priorities with actual wealth building. And so what happens is the idea of saving money. And that's the topic of today's show, by the way, why aren't you rich? And the fact is the rich save differently than you do. And we're going to talk about how specifically to build a savings plan. But what happens is your dreams, they start somehow getting taken over by other things like team building, like being the number one agent, like doing all these other things that our industry loves. And it moves you further away from what your original objective was when you got in the real estate business in the first place. Why did you get in the real estate business? What do you hope to have to show for your career? What do you hope to have to show for the next 30 days, let alone the next six months? You better have savings on that plan. You better have the idea of paying off all of your debt, including your house, on that plan. Otherwise, guys, listen to me, and I mean this with all sincerity. Go get a job. If you're not going to embrace this opportunity in this career, in this industry, during this real estate boom, and you're not going to make yourself a fortune, and you're not going to make it so that you're hopefully at least a single millionaire with no debt over the next seven to ten years, you need to go get a job. You do. You seriously need to consider why you're taking so much risk, why you're suffering through the ups and downs in your cash flow, why you're probably you know doing some of the things you're doing if you're not focused on building wealth. You know, it's a hard thought, but that might be the best path for some of you. For those of you who are truly motivated to help others make a lot of money for yourself and build wealth, well, the next question is, why the heck aren't you doing it? Why haven't you accumulated more money yet? Well, we're going to tell you why, and we're going to help you develop a system during today's radio show. It's a very simple system to follow, and we're going to take a real quick break, assuming the commercial works today. And when we come back, we're going to share with you a specific plan that you can Literally put into action today that will help you on the path to building true wealth. Nothing complicated, nothing tricksy, does not require hog futures, out to Tibet. It's a very simple to follow plan. We're going to take a quick commercial break.
1: Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you're asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know, and more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach, a proven market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best. Not someone who is simply assigned to you or even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online? at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so
2: much. See you all soon. Welcome back. So in your notes, the first thing I want you to write down is the Tim and Julie Harris definition of rich. It's very simple. By the way, I got this from Bill Cosby, so... (laughs) Rich is when your money is working for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. So write that down. Rich is when your money is working for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. So that would be something that produces income for you in excess of the amount of income you need to meet all your personal financial obligations, in addition to that, anything else that you might want to do in terms of vacations and whatnot so it's what you have to pay for and what you want to pay for so when you produce enough passive income to create those two income streams for you now i'm going to add some complexity to that those passive income streams cannot come from your own real estate practice they can come from the profits that come from your real estate practice i'll give you a more specific example some of you will think well I will build a buyer agent staff, and the profit that comes from that will produce passive income for me. No, that's not the same. What we're talking about is the money you get from, say, for example, um, securities or rental properties, or you fill in the blank. So it has to be unrelated to your principal business. Why? Because if something happens to your principal business, I don't want you to have to be, go to your personal you know, comfort zone, lifestyle, can't go down with it. There are all kinds of things that might happen. You might decide that you just hate selling houses and you're burned out from doing it and you don't have to do it anymore. Well, if all your income streams are directly tied to your effort from selling houses, then obviously you're going to have some problems. So just keep that in mind. So first of all, um, the bottom line is is that the myths that a lot of us have about saving money, and Julie, I only wrote two myths down, so I'm sure you have some more of your own from all the coaching calls you've done. But the two mm-hmm. primary myths that people have when you ask them why they haven't saved more money, the first one always is, I will save what's left over, right? So a lot of agents will have the myth, and this is, by the way, this isn't just in the real estate industry, this is a, an American myth. This is the typical um, way that 99% of all Americans think. They save what's left over after they've paid their bills, after they've paid their debts, after they've paid their taxes, after they've paid for the trip to Disney World and whatnot. Whatever's left is what they save. So we're going to talk about that in a second, why that will never work. So, Julie, what's another big myth about savings that you can, that comes to your mind? Well,
0: especially for real estate people, I will save when I get that whatever the, quote, extra deal is this month. If you normally do two deals a month, it's that third deal, that elusive next deal or the next time I have a bigger commission. I'll just put all yeah, that Yeah, that's in funny. That's
2: what, I, that's what I wrote down in my notes.
0: I figured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: you you, <always laughs> you and I are sharing crazy. a brain today. Yeah. That's yeah. A, well, I wrote I mean, down part of that's next is, big closing. Because,
0: I mean, we had those thoughts before we were financially rehabbed into savings ourselves. That's one of the reasons that's we right. know this stuff. You know, And that's why you want to have coaches that have you know actually done what you're going through. But, yeah, so I mean, talk, it's the next big deal. Let's talk about our first
2: year because mm-hmm. it's funny. Sure. Well, all right, okay. so our first year, guys, now, this is when we were our early twenties. This we're already is all through
0: sweats over this, but go ahead, you can,
2: well, you can bring it yeah, back there. If you it was want. hilarious no, <laughs> yeah. so no one prepared us for doing what we did our first year in and, and a full confession, we are in the midst of forming our real estate system it It was just in the very beginning stages, the system that you guys are getting access to now through real estate coaching essentials, and obviously through the advanced coaching program and the breakthrough coaching program so our first year in the business, we didn't really know how many that we were approaching 100 units sold until it was like July or August. And we were – I'm sure Julie remembers this too. We were sitting mm-hmm. literally outside of a movie theater in Dublin, totally Ohio, and we were sort of adding it up in our head, and we realized that we had sold like 65 or 75 houses at that point. And we called our broker, and this was the funny thing about our broker. He didn't like talking on the phone, especially in any of his agents, but that was fine. So we got him on the phone, and we said, Rory – how many houses does a typical agent sell per year? Because we had no idea. This is our first year in the business. And he goes, how many houses have you sold? You know, and, I, and we said, well, we think we sold right around 70 or whatever it was. He goes, call me back when you get to 100. Then he just hung up the phone. No commentary, <laughs> no nothing. Just call me back when
0: you get to 100.
2: That's true. That's what happened. That was awesome, though, right? You know, no, oh, well, you guys are doing so good. Come in and talk to the office. And, oh, well, what are you doing? Well, you need to come in and talk at the next office meeting. It was right. call me back when you get to 100. And we did. And it was 103. Now, here's the thing. When we first started out, we were working, as many of you ha- are and have, in the lower end price range. And we were working with, you know, a lot of first time home sellers, first time home buyers, that type of thing. So our average commission was modest. Now, Columbus, Ohio, the average sale price was at the time like 180. And our average sale price our first year in the business was like 120 or something like that. And as mm-hmm. towards the end of our career, our average sale price was up like six or seven hundred thousand. So we sold in all different price ranges in lovely Columbus, Ohio. So um, we get it up to it's like I think we earned like three hundred thousand or three hundred and five thousand or whatever it was. And then you know I, Julie and I always believe well you know when you're in that kind of money there's all these tax shelters and you know we'd never earned that kind of money. We didn't even know anybody that earned that kind of money. We were literally so far out of our comfort zone that we didn't even know how to how we were supposed to manager money. Um, so we then discovered that we owed $27,000 in federal taxes, none of which we'd paid. That was just federal taxes. That's not including the state of Ohio taxes. Oh, and guess what? When you sell Ohio uh, real estate in Central Ohio, you have to pay a city income tax for every city that you sold a house in. So think about that. We owed all kinds of taxes. And then we worked at Remax at the time. We get this call one day, the Remax, uh, you know, congratulations for all your success. You know, we saw you guys in the National Association of Realtors Magazine. You know, we know you guys were this, that. And we had a whole bunch of, you know, we were doing speaking things and all this other stuff after our first year. And they said, we want to send you a referral. So they sent us a listing, and this listing sold, and it sold just in time that all the commission from that listing went to pay our federal tax bill. <laughs> Lucky us. <laughs> it, it closed just in time to pay our taxes. Now... <laughs> the funny thing was is the second year in the business because we figured that's the way it's supposed to work you just magically yeah. fall into the money to pay your federal taxes. The second year in the business we didn't get a home run like that, but our personal income went from 300,000 to 400 and something and you know, we didn't ha- we hadn't saved. Okay, so you guys are realizing that what I'm telling you should expose the fact that you shouldn't be learning you should not just learn from your mistakes, but you should be learning from the mistakes of others and I'm sharing with you How we learned the hard way how important it is to save along the way so you don't end up basically creating financial issues. So the second year in the business, you know, we earned more money, but we didn't save enough money for taxes. And then the third year, we caught up the second year's taxes, but the third year, we even earned more money. And so we just eventually we realized, well, this is stupid. We're doing something wrong. And we started reading and we started researching. We started, fortunately, we ran into somebody who was an actual honest God, billionaire. We ran into him, you guys who were involved and know us from Howard Britton. His name was Jim Duval, who was a great guy, kind of for some unknown reason, took an interest in Julie and I. I started having these informal calls with him, you know, coaching calls almost. And, and this was, again, back in like 97, 98, somewhere in there. And he's, he was a billionaire who's, they had sold real estate in Indiana. His wife had sold farms and you know, all the rest of it. And I asked him, I said, How did he do it? How did you go from basically being an Indiana farm boy to being a billionaire? He owned part of the Florida Marlins. He owned just all kinds of different things. And he told me, very simple. He, off, he said, Before, and you guys need to write this down, before you pay any bill, before you pay the taxes, before you pay your mortgage payment, before you pay for anything, pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. And and I said, well, how much? And he said, start it at 10% and then increase it. But you should pay yourself first. You know, there's a reason that employees have their taxes taken out first and they get the net proceeds after the taxes. Because, you know, the IRS obviously wants their money first. You guys need to pay yourselves first. You are working for you. When you're in a jet and you're, you know, sitting there ready to take off and they're explaining to you what happens when the, if the cabin were to lose air pressure and these masks will fall out of the ceiling, what do they tell you? Do they tell you to put the mask on the person sitting next to you first or your mask on first? They tell you to put your mask on first. So financially, how many of you have been spending your entire working lives putting the guy's mask on that's sitting next to you first while you've been gasping for oxygen, hoping and praying that somehow you're magically going to you know, be okay? It doesn't work that way. So what Mr. Duvall taught us was pay yourself first. Start out by paying yourself 10%. Now, we're going to tell you the mechanics of how to do it. So Julie explained to them um, how we actually physically started saving 10%. Now, this was back when we were in our early 20s, and I'm just, you guys are all, you know, some of you are our friends, some, a lot of you are our coaching clients. You'll get to know us more in the future. But Julie and I started out stone cold broke. I mean, we were less than broke. Less we, than broke. Code. We were from students. <laughs> We owed. We were. We were in debt from student loans. We, you know, all the we're sharing typical, a car.
0: Yeah,
2: all the typical problems that you know young people have when they're starting out. We had them all. We did not have a golden yep. spoon. We did not have any help from. You know, no family member was help. I wish we had all those things, but we didn't. And if those of you who do, don't take it for granted. If you were a born on third, don't act like you hit a homer, but still embrace the opportunity you have in front of us. Yep. We didn't have any of that. We had to create all of it. But what creating all of it taught us was that you can create it, and you can continue to create it. So since that time, and again, I, I don't mind sharing this with you, I'm sharing this with you with the intention of motivating you not to brag, is that we've become multimillionaires. So in that time frame of 20 years since we started in the business, Julie and I have become multimillionaires to the point now where we do have money working for us, and we don't... Have to work for our money anymore we have accomplished our personal goal of you know being rich and we've done it we want to show you how to do the exact same thing and it, it starts out by the mindset of saving so rich people know how to save we didn't come equipped know how to do it knowing how to do it we had to learn how to do it and once we started doing it once we accumulated more and more money then what did we do of course we paid off all of our debt we owe, own a whole bunch of houses with no mortgages on them we get all kinds of different assets, and we pay yeah, both Tim, with Yeah, Tim, I have to cash. jump in
0: here and, and say we did not really start saving until we got serious about 10% off the top of every check, no matter what. I don't care if you don't think you're going to be able to make that car payment. That's part of the issue, right? Part of the issue is you save no matter what, or you're not going to have any savings. And when I say savings, when I do this with our coaching clients, I tell them the only way this is going to happen is if you're setting up a savings account, not a spendings account, and it's a savings account when you don't have a debit card that goes with it and you don't have a checkbook that goes with it and you're not commingling your funds that you're going to send the IRS, for example. A
2: lot of clients well, say, that's, oh, that's, yeah, I save important. all the
0: time, but it's dedicated to paying their taxes. I'm talking about separate from that.
2: That's right. So let's literally tell them we would get a commission check. And we still do this to this day, but we save way more than 10%, guys. So you get a, you get a commission check, Julie. So we, you know, back in real estate days, we'd you'd have, a, say, a $50,000 a month. You take those commission checks to the bank and then walk them through physically how you actually split the money. Because people, they, you know, it's funny. They embrace this concept. They love the idea of it. But when it actually comes down to doing it, you know, mm-hmm. they set it up so, well, I'll just deposit it all and I'll just transfer it online. No, you won't. Uh, sure you will. You. <laughs> You won't transfer it online. You'll spend it online. So what we want you to do, go ahead, Jules. Well, first of all,
0: there is a benefit to actually getting out of your car and going into the bank and knowing all of the people at the bank. Why? Because they're part of your center of influence. They run into people and customers every day that may or may not want to buy or sell houses. Okay, so stop the whole drive-through thing, taking a picture with your phone thing. Yes, that's more convenient, but you are in this to make sales, and sales is a contact sport. This is an easy way for you to get to know people, but that's a side issue. So you go into the bank, and you basically make one deposit to your main account, and then while you're standing there, you write a check to your savings account, or if you have the right kind of banking, you can take in your deposit check and split it up in a couple of different ways. You should be taking probably, for most of you, 20% off the top towards taxes, 10% minimum towards savings, and then the rest of it is to your operations account. Not the way you're doing it now, which is everything goes into operations, you write a bunch of checks, and if there's one red cent left, you might save it.
2: See the now, name? the trick is, is the money, so literally, let's walk, you have a $1,000 check. You're going to go to the bank, and in your hand, you're going to have the deposit ticket for the $1,000 check, the check obviously endorsed, and then you're going to write another check. You're going to write a check from that main account to your personal account for $100, at least $100, 10%. Yep. The amount of money that goes into that, that other account, that's 10% account, that is a an account that you cannot transfer money out of. You have to go into the bank to get access to it. An old school passbook savings account is what I'm talking about. You cannot have the ability to sweep money out of it. That's it. You have to make it so it's locked down savings. So literally you're going to go to the bank. You're going to give the teller your commission check with the deposit ticket. The back of the check is signed. On the other hand, you're going to have a check written out to you for 10% of whatever the first check was and a deposit ticket signed. So you're literally giving them two checks and two deposit tickets at the same time. They'll deposit the first one. So the second one, you know, clears and the rest of it. And then that's how you start building your savings account At, at first it's not that interesting but it builds Julie are you on <laughs> at first it's not that interesting but the amount of money builds and over time you've actually accumulated a fairly impressive amount of money and then what we want you to do with it is we want you to build savings we want you to obviously pay your debts off first then on top of that we want you to build savings build it slowly try not to frankly p- take out mortgages if you can make it so you're paying cash for everything Guys, what gets people in debt is over leverage. What puts people in a position where they can't really have financial freedom ever is they believe that the way to financial freedom is through debt. And you're seeing all the little yahoos who, who said, you know, during the last real estate cycle, the last run up in real estate, why would you take out a mortgage where interest rates are so low and you can leverage yourself and you can buy a thousand properties and you only have to put down blah blah blah. Well, I'll tell you why. Because you got to learn from your own history, from the history of those around you. What gets people in problem, into trouble is too much debt, over-leveraging themselves. So yes, at the end of the day, you'll have maybe fewer rental properties, but the rental properties, if that's what you decide to invest in, which is, should be probably 20 or 30% of your portfolio that you're working on, building should be rental properties, if not more. So if you have no debt on it or if you have very, very, very low debt, and something changes in the economy if you know interest rates change and you have an adjustable rate mortgage on that small little rental property or you know your tenant can't pay their mortgage payment because they lost their job all these types of things that we now know from recent history do indeed happen and we have every reason to believe they'll continue to happen there'll be really you know some painful ups and downs over the next 7 to 10 years more so in certain parts of countries than others but realize that having low leverage is the key to long-term financial stability, and wealth building. So open your mind to how simple it is to save. That's how rich people save. They start out by 10%. They don't buy into the myth that they save with what's left over. They save 10% off the top, and they increase that over time. Look, guys, I know this feels like a very basic conversation. and I know some of you are only halfway listening right now. But why aren't you doing it? Why are you still believing that your savings only comes from the big closing or the big liquidity event or the whatever? Why aren't you actually taking seriously your financial health? That is what we're talking about here, right? You, you, know, you have your physical health. You have your mental health. You have your spiritual health, maybe. Why aren't you actually taking seriously your financial health? How much better will you feel, not if you did, but will you feel when you actually have created long-term financial stability for you and your family. It is the turning point, guys, that will forever change your life. Trust me when I tell you that it's a thousand times better than you think. When you've actually created financial wealth for yourself, it's so much better than what you actually think it will be. People who say that, you know, basically you're not happier when you have money, you're not happier when you're rich, you're not, they're all lying to you. Of course you are. How much time do you spend right now worrying about lack of money? How much time do you spend right now worrying about all the things that are money-related in your life? Now, what if all of a sudden you could just, with the wave of a magic wand, make, sure, make all those fears go away, make all those concerns go away? How much better would you feel about life? Well, of course more money makes things better. <laughs> of course it does. So start out by saving the 10%. Start out by taking your financial health seriously. If there's anything we can do for you, What are you supposed to do? Request a free coaching call, right? Free coaching calls for agents.com. Guys, listen, thank you for helping make this the number one real estate coaching radio show as far as I know in the world. And also thank you for all of you who have joined one of our coaching programs this year. I really, really, truly um, love the fact, embrace the fact, and respect the fact that you guys are taking your careers and your financial health seriously, and you're going to make the most of this real estate boom. If there's anything we can ever do for you, it would be absolutely our pleasure and our honor to help you in any way that we can. And The easiest way to do so is just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and we'll talk with you tomorrow.